Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hey, hello. What's new, Derek? Anything exciting? Anything I, fun? I did find out one tidbit of information I'm kind of excited about. I was... Uh, You're pregnant. That too. <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping that quiet, though. <laughs> no, I heard from Mike Burns. His uh, canoe is going to see water this weekend. Is it? It is. He hasn't posted pictures. No, he uh, he's just doing the final touches this week. Mm-hmm. But he said he's going to get it out on his pond. Yeah, he's weekend. got the little pond out back yeah. that he tests stuff in. And he and said he's been, uh, what's his dog's name? Willow? Maisie? Jill? Willow? Willow? Willow and Jill. Willow. Jill. So Willow's Jill. the new boat dog he's got. Yeah. So Willow, he's been practicing with Willow, getting her in and out of boats on ground so far, not on water. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he's got a, herself a, he's got a backpack for her now. He's got a life jacket for her. He's been practicing in and out of a boat. So he's uh, he's he's well intended on having this this dog out in the water. <laughs> and then when he camps, where's the dog sleeping? Probably in his tent. Oh, he, he hammock. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, <laughs> oh, the dog will sleep underneath the hammock. The dog got to sleep on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, his boat's going to see water this weekend. Awesome. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to see him post stuff on the weekend. I fully expect to see pictures mm-hmm. on the water. Yes. Before, on, and after. <laughs> and everybody wet because the dog didn't handle it on the water. <laughs> I bet he's going to have his dog in it this weekend too. Oh, I would expect so. That's a pretty large pond he's got built in the back, so should be interesting to see. He's he'll he'll know a lot more how it handles and stuff by the by the end of the weekend. Now he had talked about um, putting some sort of flat area near the front for the dog. Yeah, he's going to put some kind of floorboards down. Yeah, I never actually saw if he actually did it or not, though. No, I didn't either. So we'll have to take a peek at that. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it all all works out. Yeah. It should. I'm looking forward to that because it's really turning into a beautiful boat. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Jealous. But uh, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I assume he's going to build us each one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he has to. <laughs> we talk about him enough that maybe we'll just yeah. bug him. Well, maybe we'll talk to his wife. We'll beg her and say, yeah. can you tell Mike? To build And then we'll bother her boat. enough that she'll just say, Mike, build them one to get them off <laughs> make my them back. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me write that down. <laughs> Call Mike's wife and bother her about Mike. <laughs> That'll work out. Uh, last Sunday. 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 Uh, the Paddle In Sunday Social, the afternoon social. Paddle In, Matt uh, Olson. Put together this thing, put the, the call out, say, listen, why don't we try to get together, everybody that paddles, be it canoes, kayaks, whatever, and we'll have a little get together somewhere on a Sunday afternoon. Um, uh, yes. Just, you know, get together, it's shoot the, one the breeze. I didn't go to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only half of Paddling Adventures Radio went to that <laughs> one. Which half? Half of the team. <laughs> half the team went. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he said, well, let's, we'll just get together. We'll pick a spot and sit down and have, have a couple of drinks and have some wings or pub food whatever is there and just ch- chat about stuff if you know you want to bring some maps and talk about a couple of trips and that sort of stuff and yeah, y- yeah it worked out it worked out well it was at St. James Gate uh, in Toronto it was the other side of Toronto the the west side uh, so it was like a 40 minute drive for us <laughs> <laughs> now he did say at the end said maybe we'll look at moving it around yeah if it's going to become a monthly thing yeah start moving it around so that so you can get you know, yeah. diversified so people in. next time it'll only be like a 20 minute yeah. ride for us <laughs> you know that sort yeah. of thing so that wasn't that bad it's, you know 
but no, we went there and there's maybe about a couple dozen people there. Almost, yeah. yeah almost, a couple yeah, dozen? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I didn't yeah. know there was that many that went. Yeah. It, we There's a little uh, room at the back there, a little party room sort of thing. We filled that right up. Yeah. And, uh, the champagne room? Uh, VIP, yeah. There's <laughs> 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 a pole. And uh, met a couple people that have only met online, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, regular people that we, we've seen all the time. But there was maps there. Uh, I know yeah. the, some Wabakimi maps came out. Oh, awesome. I guess they're they're looking at doing a trip up there this year. And um, they were talking, you know, we we're talking some gear and that sort of stuff and trips and where we're going, where we'd like to go and what we're looking at buying and... Cool. All the good stuff. Well, it's it's interesting always to get together with the, in a large group like that. Just and I'm used to getting together around the campfire with when you know you gather a bunch of uh, like-minded people. So I, it's too bad I couldn't make it to the uh, to the event, but it I'm sure it would have been interesting if I'd gone. Well, we'll just keep an eye out uh, and see when Matt posts the next yeah. one and where yeah. it's going to be. But hopefully, you can get to that one. But I mean, even something like this, like I say, it's once a month on a Sunday afternoon or something like that. I mean, we were home by. At five. Oh yeah, five o'clock. Okay. I guess um, we called it lupper lunch and supper. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, you know, so it was after brunch. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so you sit down. I mean, that was your afternoon. I mean, what yeah. are you going to do, right? So. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye out. And in the winter, that'd be perfect thing because, you know, people are going through the cabin fever. and Exactly, yeah. Sit down and yeah. we're in a group and uh, let's all chit-chat about what mm-hmm. we're planning on doing next next uh, win- uh, summer. Um, this, not this Saturday, not this weekend. I keep thinking, I'm, I'm losing a weekend in here somewhere. There is actually another weekend. So two weekends for now, not this weekend coming. Uh, following weekend. April 7th weekend. Yes. Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. So mm-hmm. a week left. Very excited. A week left. University of Waterloo Theatre of the Arts building. There's still some tickets available. Usually they're sold out by now. Okay. But they've got to we've changed venues this year. So it's a much bigger place. Yeah. So they can sell more tickets. So there's still some tickets and available. And that's where we went for the uh, winter The winter camping, camping symposium. symposium. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same place as the winter camping symposium. Um, which, yeah, really some big lecture Fantastic theater. Yeah, yeah, really, really nice. Uh, so there's still tickets available on eventbrite.ca. Just search for Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium and it'll it'll come up. Uh, come out and see some great present, uh, presentations and speakers. There's booths set up before and after and during lunch. There's a lunch break um, that you can come out and you can buy stuff and meet people. Yeah. We'll have our booth there, so you can come out and chat with us. And if you want to find out more about who's speaking and all that sort of stuff, kwcanoesymposium.ca. Um, they've kept that because it was the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium. Yes. Right, so kwcanoesymposium.ca. It has all the information, and there's a link there to the uh, Eventbrite ticket site where you can buy your tickets. So there are some tickets left. And you might want to get on getting them because the last week always seems to go really yeah, fast. Yeah, everybody, it's, yeah, people kind of plan for the last minute. So if you're one of those last minute planners, uh, get in early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they'll, they, they may, yeah. they may be gone. They, they do sell out every year. Um, other than that, yeah, they're really not a whole heck of a lot happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's that 
mid spring, early spring doldrums. There's not. Yeah. There's we're sort of at the tail end of the uh, outdoor adventure show type things. The yep. all those show, show events and winter's and, just finishing. Spring's so, about to begin. Yeah. So you're you're between the shows and just at the leading edge of people getting on the water. Yeah. So that's our show for today. Thanks. For <laughs> <laughs> Come back next time. Come back next time when we have more things to talk about. <laughs> Actually, somebody brought something to my attention, which I was, I was looking at, and is I'm thinking this sounded really cool, but there's really not. I, I was searching a couple things this weekend that I, I, was, I just got stuck in my brain. I, I really wanted to research, and I spent a lot of time spinning my wheels because there's not a lot out there on yes. them. One of them, uh, Miller Canoes. So Miller Canoes was founded in 1925 by Vic Miller. We've read things and have mentioned, we've actually mentioned these guys before almost two years ago when we were talking about long time canoe companies in Canada. Um, they say they're the oldest, but Langford says, no, you're not the oldest canoe company because you only make like 20 a year. Yeah. So you're not really a canoe company. You don't count. And, yeah. Whatever. Um, you're a hobbyist. Yeah. And then he hit him with his purse, whatever. <laughs> and you know, so Vic Miller designed a canoe that was great for polling, which right off the bat, we're like, hey, like yeah, hey, yeah. I like these guys already. <laughs> Uh, it made it a favorite for local guides and sportsmen. They're from Nicktaw, New Brunswick, which the East Coast, which is where all the, the canoe yeah. polling was happening through New Brunswick and all that, right? Uh, Vic Miller was, uh, you know, he was happy that the customers were satisfied with his canoes that he was making. Yeah. And that was the best advertisement. Yeah. So people kept coming back for more and more. And, and more, I think more, they right? stick with that theory too, because when you go to their website, you go to Anwars Online, it's... There's a there's not very much information on them, no. so they're still counting on word of mouth. Yeah, and I mean, there's they look like some some beautiful canoes. What you're seeing and stuff like that. Yes. Now they've been handcrafting these these canoes for three generations. Vic's grandson Bill Miller now runs the company. Yeah. They still use original hand tools and everything. Yeah. You know, and there there we did find a, a little bit of information, a couple little videos, and he says. The canoe does not leave until I'm satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. As a customer, you might think that looks pretty good, but if if, if I'm not satisfied with it, yeah. it's not going to yeah. your house, sort of thing, which is which is really cool. Uh, but they do restorations, repairs of wooden canoes. They make handcrafted paddles, and they also make a five foot canoe coffee table that is built just like a traditional cedar canoe yes and and i think we've seen like this before and they're on the market everywhere but they're this one here like they show pictures on their website it's a it's a beautiful looking coffee table yeah it's really nice yeah so it's it's just a miniature like everything is there that you would see on a full-size canoe it's just miniaturized so it's like five foot long so you could you could probably you know use it for a kid a solo canoe for a kid (laughs) (laughs) i'm taking the coffee table up to the pond (laughs) that'll go over well thanks ma um so what there is a story though chestnut mr chestnut for the chestnut canoe company apparently he saw a miller canoe yeah they took one and it was off to them. Montreal, it, though. No, it was... Uh, Some, well, someone owned one. Fredericton. Yeah. Fredericton, yeah. Yes. 
and they basically copied all the lines yes. and the, all that. But sort it wasn't. Of stuff. A, it was. It was a willful one. They mm-hmm. the Miller gave them the canoe. Yeah, go ahead, take some lines, and they, that's where yep. the first chestnut Ogilvy and Ogilvy is the first chestnut builder. Yep. The guy's name. Ogilvy Chestnut, um, or whatever his name, last name is, but anyways, it, it's the Ogilvy, and so and but what uh, Vic Miller said. Uh, well, the he says, yeah, he, the grandfather Vic yeah. said they didn't quite get it right. Yeah, they didn't get it right. So they copied it, but they didn't quite get it right. <laughs> so they've been, they're still around. Um, you can go to Nicta, New Brunswick, and check them out, and go yeah. visit, and buy. A canoe from from Bill. Yeah, he's still making them now. Somebody had I, can't, I wish I could remember who who mentioned it to me, um, but it sounds like he might be giving up after a while. Soon thinking of retiring. Oh, Miller. Yeah, he said yeah. that he's got thirty more years. Thirty six more years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but <laughs> I can't see retiring from that. Yeah. However, <laughs> what I do believe he is retiring from, he started. Fiddles on the Tobique. Oh, is he going to stop doing it? I think he's going to start doing it. Now, this year I noticed there's somebody has tried taking it over and has started a Facebook page, has oh. licensed it and all that sort of stuff. So, so I'm thinking he's handed it to somebody else okay. to do all the organizing because it's quite the event. Uh, he's been doing it for over 20 years. He organizes an event called Fiddles on the Tobique. It's usually the third week of June. Mm-hmm. It's the First week of July, yeah, July this year, seventh to eighth. Yeah, because uh, I, when I was looking at it on the Facebook uh, page, if if you go to Fiddles on the Tobique Facebook page, there's a lot of uh, a few people they're questioning. Like, it's usually June, the last week of June, not the yeah. first week of July. Like, what's going on? So I think the if from from the videos that we've seen. It looked like it was, it, like he said, it's uh, fiddles on the water, right? Fiddles on the Tobique. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's it seems to be being more and more taken over by kids. Younger younger people, yeah. yeah. It's, a new, it's younger, we, newer we generation. We saw some videos from 2013, 2015, yeah. and 16, and it seemed to be yeah younger generation, yeah. and it's not so much all about mm-hmm. the fiddles anymore, Yeah, uh, which is kind of, yeah. Uh, it would, you know. for me, that would be a reason to give it up too. It's like, okay, somebody else is... Kind of, they're changing it into something of their own, right? So yeah. Time so to give it up. What it used to be, and I think what they're still trying to keep it as, is Bill basically opens his property to to campers, and hundreds of people show up with their fiddles, their canoes, their trailers, their camp, their tents, all that sort of stuff. Um, they do a bunch of jam sessions on the Friday night to practice yep. and, and whatnot, their fiddles. And then all the canoes go out Saturday on the Tobique. Mm-hmm. And people are in their canoes with their fiddles. They've got a couple big um, of, of their Miller canoes. Yeah, the big That they freighters. actually put a raft, yeah. uh, like a, a, a stage on. Yeah. And they float that down, the Tobique, mm-hmm. right? With That'd people cool. and they're they're playing fiddles and the guitar, all that sort of stuff on there. That part I would enjoy. I would enjoy the, yeah. the fiddles part. Like it's... It, not the big partying and stuff like that, but I would enjoy getting out of the water for a day, listen yeah. to the fiddles, listen to the bands play on the water. Yeah. And nice scenic yeah, New Brunswick it would be, that River. That would be awesome. And there's dozens of, of well, I, I, not only canoes, there's kayaks, there's some, yeah, there's there's some bigger boats, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of, mostly canoes and yeah. stuff, right? There's dozens of them. And they all pretty much just float together yeah. down, down <laughs> the Tobique. Um, apparently it started with one guy, Ivan Hicks, years ago. And it just built from there. Hmm. 
right? Events combines two time-honored New Brunswick traditions, fiddling and canoeing. And so that's, it begins Friday, free potluck supper and a jam session on the Miller Farm. Saturdays, there's pancake breakfast, and then you can get a tour of the Miller Canoe Shop. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. So you can see all of, I'd like to see all, that. The, all the stuff, right? It's been a big barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the River Run, most popular event of the weekend, begins in the afternoon in Nicktaw at the Forks. Fiddlers start tuning up for the flotilla, depart the Forks for Riley Brook, 10 kilometers away. There's a supper that evening at the Miller Farm, followed by another house concert filled by more jam sessions. Hmm. And then everybody just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you go to Facebook, the, the look up the Fiddles on the Tobique. Uh, the 25th annual event this year, July 7th and 8th. You can get more information okay. from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at their canoes and stuff like that, that's uh, some pretty... Some pretty old, like 1925. It's almost 100 years old. You know, it would be really neat to get your hands on one of these original early Miller canoes. They're still around. You can find them on Kijiji once Mm -hmm. in a while. You know, uh, you get the the old old ones on Kijiji and whatnot. I've got an older canoe. It's a, uh, I don't remember all the details. I haven't looked it up in a long time. But I have one of the original Peterborough Canoe Company canoes. Mm -hmm. It's a 1954, and I can't remember the model it is. But it's a, it's a nice old canoe. See, and those are the ones that, when you're talking old Canadian canoes, the two companies that really come to mind, yeah. Peterborough and Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those are the yeah. two companies that come to mind when you're talking yeah. old Canadian canoes. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talking about newer stuff, like we were searching some stuff and found old town canoes, 200,000 canoes <laughs> in a year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's mind boggling. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's a bit much, I'm thinking. Yes. So, so check out Miller Canoes, what you can find on them, and, and there's if if you want to see some of them, you just Google Miller Canoes, New Brunswick, Nicktaw, yep. and um, go into the images. Yeah. There's there's really not a ton on the internet about them. No, there's they not. they encourage you to come see them. Exactly. You yeah. know, so if you live in BC, yeah, make the drive to New Brunswick. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> See the country. Road trip. Yeah, road trip, big time. Um, the other thing that I, I've, I've been looking at kayaking. I'm actually picking up a new kayak. Yes. And I've been, you know, looking at kayaking, the videos and all that sort of stuff. And looking at, of course, we saw the when we did the film fest, you know, you're seeing all these, these um, kayaking videos going through these rapids and yeah. white water and almost dying and like what was the one the indus indus yeah that would look just looked insane it was big water and as we were watching that i was just listening to the crowd i was i was watching more people at the event than i yeah. was watching the video so because i'd already seen the video so i was listening to people react and it was funny to see them scouting the river and seeing the big hand the big piles of water flying in the air and the people at one of the table just started laughing at, at looking at each other as if are they crazy <laughs> <laughs> but when you see them go into the water it's like how do you not come out pulverized yeah and in pieces well like, you look at some of the boulders and stuff yeah it's a house <laughs> you know like how do these and they're just barely missing them yeah you know, like yeah. they're, they're having, oh, it's doing everything in their power to. And yeah. What was it? One of the videos we saw that we didn't play at the event was, uh, one of the guys was going over waterfalls up in, uh, Greenland. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he yeah, smashed yeah. his face off. Of, yeah. I think he smashed his face the, off the, the paddle. The paddle comes up the and hits him right in the face. And broke his nose. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, you know, it's He's like, all hooting and hollering that he survived, but, you know, all his buddies <laughs> like, dude, you got blood just pouring down your face. Like, wow. Yeah, that's, we watched, uh, I watched a video on the guy saying, here's what you've got to do if you're doing these waterfalls. And they say, like, either put your paddle one hand to the side yeah. or throw it. Yeah, because, because if you hold it in front of you and that water hits, it's coming straight back in your face and it is not missing. <laughs> I, I'm visualizing a dog with a stick in his mouth trying to go through a doorway. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, you know. But that's going to be me going, oh my God, I'm going over. Oh, I forgot to throw my paddle. <laughs> How's my nose look? I have two paddles yeah. and a broken nose. <laughs> yeah, two half paddles. Um, so I'm watching these these videos and there's this one that came on. And these waves this guy was hitting, and he, he's doing the, the play boat in the one area, yeah. right? He's staying on this one massive wave. The, it had to be as big as my house, this set of waves. Yeah. They were massive. This guy looked like an ant on these massive <laughs> waves, and he's just being hammered. Yeah. Like bouncing and rock. It got me to thinking... Now you hear about the, the, the injuries and all that repetitive motion injuries, stuff mm-hmm. like that, or shoulders, rotator cuffs and elbows and, and all that sort of stuff. The way he's hitting the water and just bam, 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 he's hitting the water, the water's hitting him and just the, you know, his kayak goes up and flips and comes straight down, just hammers. Yeah. You hear the old guys, oh, yeah, I'm seven years old. That There's my old football injury. <laughs> yes. What kind of lasting injuries are these guys going to be coming out with? Yeah. The guys that have been doing this since, you know, like the, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. They should be getting to the age They got to be getting, because I, I did, I was looking for research. I wanted yeah. to find out what the big uh, injuries were that were lasting. Past mm-hmm. their careers, long term, like the long term, yeah, in some of the major sports, yeah. So these guys, you know, you know what they've they've given it up. They've they've moved on. They're too old to be doing this anymore because their bodies can't handle it. What is the effect of all those years of doing that on their bodies? Mm-hmm. And there is pretty much nothing, yes, out there. Yeah, the only they talk about the injuries you can get. Yeah, but there is, and and that's what what I'm thinking is these guys that were doing this, the pioneers and all that are really doing all this stuff. I guess they're just getting into their 60s, 70s now. Exactly. So that, yeah, so these long-term injuries, I I think what it is is, uh, and, and well, I, I read one of the studies to you that they found a, a, a scarcity of information with, to do with uh, long-term injuries and injuries in whitewater, whether it be canoeing, kayaking, or, or rafting, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about current injuries and the fact that for the most part people have reported back that their injury is either cleared up or isn't really an issue anymore but they don't talk about long-term effects and I think what that is is we don't have a lot of people either that do it for a long period of time or they're not of the age where these injuries are now causing them the the after effects long term like the effects. arthritis and yeah, the tendonitis so, yeah, or storms coming yeah, my storms hips coming. feeling <laughs> bad <laughs> you know it's gonna be a thunderstorm it's my right shoulder yeah <laughs> yeah and, and yeah because I'm really curious so I was just looking at it and so you start looking at the injuries that can be caused yeah right lower upper back 
shoulders, rotator cuffs, spine, elbows, wrists, abdomen, hips and pelvis, arms, legs, all your muscles, Mm -hmm. legs, arms, core, all that sort of stuff, tendons from, you know, like dislocated this, that, and the other thing. I think the only thing that I didn't come across was ribs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think ribs was the only thing. Now I didn't uh, didn't list you didn't head injuries or death or yeah. Well, because yeah, death death, death really isn't something that's going to happen that old age. Yeah, <laughs> I died when I was fourteen on this one river, you know, and now that I'm seventy, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, uh, head injuries can occur, you know, uh, especially in cases of no helmet. Yeah. But if that's that's not from repetitive action, and if it is a head injury from repetitive <laughs> action, you're not learning, and you <laughs> suck at kayaking. You might want yeah. to be thinking again about your life choices. Um, but yeah, I mean, due to repetitive motions and the shock and the jarring of the body and stuff like that, yeah, all these things are being affected. And the big thing that I thought would be like spine injuries. Yeah. Right, because yeah. you're coming down on. I mean, you're sitting. Yeah. So basically, have somebody pick you up and drop you on a cement mm-hmm. floor over yeah. and over. Eventually, that's going to do something You'd to your think. spine. Yeah. Your tail crack, your tailbone. I, I suppose there is some cushioning effect of water, but water tends to be pretty it's hard, hard when they're doing that. Yeah. Because yeah. you're watching these guys and it's just like bam, bam. Yeah. So you got like, like I say, that's what I can liken it to. Pick somebody up who's in the sitting position with their legs yeah. out, and just keep dropping them on a cement floor. Right from, like and it, I mean, some of these guys are getting yeah. up like you know, like five. They'll get feet irritated sort of with you pretty quick. Well, they probably will. <laughs> Stop doing Stop. that. <laughs> but you got to think, what what is that jarring doing? Yeah, your hips, your pelvis, your tailbone, your your backbone, there's, everything all the way up. There's one common Whiplash. injury that I've heard about is uh, dislocated shoulders, and uh, there's yeah. a guy I work with, uh, Russell Kelly. He's he had to give up whitewater kayaking because. He was finding that just with, just with a, a side brace or trying to do a roll, his shoulder was starting to suck out of its socket, just because his tendons were so loose from so repetitive. From yeah, injury. so one shoulder. He told me that one shoulder he did three full dislocations on the other shoulder, two full dislocations, Ooh. and then a bunch of partials that never fully came out. Right. Right. So he uh, he just he said he just couldn't do it anymore. And I remember talking to him at work one day, and we were talking about whitewater kayaking and trying to get out on a trip. And he says, "Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sell my boat. I can't do it anymore." It's he's, him and his wife had a discussion, <laughs> you know. So he said it just wasn't worth the risk anymore because uh, his big concern was that he would uh, dislocate a shoulder in rapids and not be able to rest self rescue. Right. So, right, you know, you, if you can't swim... Yeah, drowning's a bit of a turnoff. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> it's that death thing. But, I mean, that could just be me, but... <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I kind of frown on drowning. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly... If you know that at any possible moment, that can just snap right out. Yeah, pop you're, out. You're and screwed. Then, and then, yeah, so not only are you disabled, like it's, it's harder if somebody's going to throw you rope, you, you can't reach for it with a dislocated no. shoulder. You're grabbing with one arm. You're going to try and swim with one arm. You're going to try to fend yourself off rocks with one arm. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very risky because you're disabled in the water. Mm-hmm. So that, that scared him. And so that he, he hasn't white water kayaked since he got rid of all his gear. And so it's, wow. uh, he's like, yikes. 
Well, I'd be very interested. You got to be thinking within the next 10, 10 years, there's going to be a lot of information on the long-term effects. I think so, yeah. I mean, not so much of, I mean, canoeing, flat water, yeah, touring, so kayaking, yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, fluke things happen now and yeah. then, but uh, it's not like, going to be like that sort of. Yeah, there's not the long-term after effects with canoeing or, or like there might be with uh, maybe rafting with the way you have to do these repetitive motions with, yeah. the, with the oars and stuff. But uh, with kayaking, I think there's you're going to start seeing as as the community gets older, as more and more people, and but then I'm thinking on the other hand, once you start getting these repetitive injuries, you kind of give up a sport and go to something easier. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see somebody who does whitewater kayaking for like 20, 30 years, right? They might go to an easier. Yeah, they're going to go to start doing whitewater canoeing, yeah, you know, the, the tandem thing, right? So, so it's really hard to say. It's I think the sport is still fairly new to be producing these long-term injuries where people really are into the sport for a long period of time yeah. and, and finally give it up because of the that you know the long-term injury coming back on them, right? Well, I'm thinking the only thing that would sort of boost that would be like the X Games and stuff. Yes. Right? I mean, once that yep. started, everybody's... Yeah, once they've got some you know, Red Bull and, and, and exactly, all that going yeah. around. I think yeah. that's going to up it. Yeah. To where these, these, it's going to be younger guys with these yeah. career ending or long-term yeah. injuries. In the and I'd 20, be interested to see what What we can do is after we're doing this uh, podcast for about 20 years, we can start. We can revisit looking, this. Yeah, we can revisit it. Yeah. yeah. Remember 20 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? Right now. <laughs> Lots on it now. So anyway, let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and uh, talk about uh, our favorite thing, ticks. <laughs> Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. I paddled for years with aluminum Struggled to get those portages done Picked up my permit one summer night Outfitter told me Kevlar is light Kevlar is light, Kevlar is light No more straining with all my might Vernia won't send me home the second night Raise DuPont, Kevlar is light Back were hurt and shoulders were worse. Toting a grumman might as well be a hearse. Now it's 
so easy no longer a fight Ever since they told me Kevlar is life Kevlar is life, Kevlar is life No more straining with all my might Hernia won't send me home the second night Praise to Pond, Kevlar is life Welcome back. We threw in a Jerry Vandiver song there uh, from his new Paddle On CD. It's called Kevlar is Light. Uh, praise DuPont, Kevlar is Light. <laughs> I love that song. I, when I went to the Quiet Water Symposium, I heard this song probably five times that day. Yeah. And yeah, I love that song. Uh, go to uh, jerryvandiver.com and, and find out more about Jerry and his other CDs that he has. You can download all his stuff, buy it and download it from iTunes. Yes. Uh, Jerry Vandiver. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy his music. I really do. And it was nice to finally get to meet him this year live and in person. We've been playing his music on, on <laughs> yes. and off for the past, <laughs> past two years. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Stuff like, like I say, that, that Kevlar is Light song is rather catchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 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 I've played it a few times now, so. It's good. So, yeah, Jerry Vandiver, check him out, buy his stuff, support him, uh, paddling songs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Okay, let's talk our favorite thing. (laughs) Favorite thing in the world. Favoritest in the world. Ticks. Tis the season. Hmm. Everybody's getting eager to get out there. Yep. And ticks. Uh, There's four common ticks. The American dog tick. Uh, oh, uh, they the sites give these big funky names. It's it's the American dog tick or the wood tick. Yeah, it's one of the most well known of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, found along trails, roads, grassy areas, backyard, that sort of thing. Right, keep your grass short, low humidity environment, which is undesirable for these ticks. So basically, don't water your lawn. 
<laughs> That's why we don't have any. That brown hue my lawn has, perfect. <laughs> uh, these ticks can overwinter in soil and survive without a blood meal for two years. That is scary. Mm-hmm. I can't go a week without a pizza. <laughs> so it, it, it spreads its disease when it sucks the blood from a host. Uh, they give all these different sort of things, habitats, and this, what they look like. If basically it's stuck in you, it's a tick. Yeah, uh, a tick's a tick. <laughs> you need to worry about if, with your dog, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Tularemia, Canine Tick Paralysis. With humans, Tularemia and Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Yes, and and we've talked about this one before. The, the kind of it's kind of scary and it's underdiagnosed mm-hmm. often but i think it takes uh, tick-borne pathogens are becoming more and more common there's a lot more knowledge out there about them so uh, with luck more and more doctors are going to educate themselves on these things yeah i i had one of these ones stuck in the back of my leg when i was out in saskatchewan um it's not the fact that they're crawling on you. It's the fact that they're burrowing into yes. you. That's what gets me the willies. Yeah. It's like, dude's digging into me. Like, get out. Well, it's, it's for <laughs> That's me. That's the part. Of it. <laughs> for me, it's the it's the different pathogens that they can carry. The, the stuff that they can do to you. The long-term health effects. Yeah. And- I mean, when you start knowing that. But if you, with, with all that regardless, before you even get that far... There's a creature there's burrowed a, into you. There, yeah, there's something <laughs> digging into me yeah. here, like from aliens yeah. or something, right? Like, like even uh, um, um, like some of the stuff that you normally get bit by, and it's like, I, I'm not really bothered. Like, you no, know, mosquito or black fly yeah. or whatever, tearing chunks out of you. Yeah. That's what, but when you're digging in... <laughs> burrowing in. I draw a line <laughs> between biting and digging in. <laughs> There's a line. This bug crossed that line. <laughs> uh, the next one is the deer tick or the black-legged tick. Uh, very hardy creatures. They'll be active even after moderate to severe frost as daytime temperatures can warm them enough to keep them actively searching for a host. In the spring, they can be one of the first invertebrates to become active. So it's warming up now. So chances are, you got to be thinking about this now. Yep. Uh, Wooded areas, shrubs, leaf litter. Adults are more active in the fall. Nymphs are most active in the spring. So the smaller ones are coming to get you. With your dog, you got to worry about Lyme disease and anaplasmosis. It's human. a blood disease, yeah. yeah humans, you got to worry about Lyme disease, human bab- babesiosis, <laughs> babe, babesiosis, <laughs> anaplasmosis, and the Powassan virus, which we talked about last year. It was um, up in Canada now. Yeah, and the town it's named after it's is Powassan. in Ontario. Yeah. Um, some kid caught it up there and they said, well, new disease. There we go. Yeah. The brown dog tick. Also called kennel tick, pan-tropical dog tick. Species of tick which is found worldwide but more commonly in warmer climates. Yes. You got to worry about... um, It prefers dogs. Homes, dog kennels, animal pens, that sort of stuff. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. So Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Canine Babesiosis... And hepatzoonosis. Oh, <laughs> but humans can get Q fever. Oh, 
I don't know what that is. Maybe it's that guy from Star Trek Q. <laughs> so he, <laughs> and then there's the Gulf Coast tick. Uh, larvae nymph feeds on birds and small rodents, which in this description makes it sound like it's the size it's, of it's, like it's, like a dog. It's the size of a dog. It's, and then the adult ticks feed on deer and other wildlife, <laughs> which makes it sound like the size of, of a compact car. <laughs> yeah, I saw this bug. It was eating a deer. Uh, prefers tall grass and coastal uplands, which we don't have here. Well, we have tall... Well, I don't have tall grass. I've got no grass. <laughs> Birds and mammals are important hosts, including white-tailed deer. Dogs can get American canine hepatozoonosis and rickettsiosis. Wow. Who's the jerk that names these uh, I know, eh? pathogens? Like, what, what is all this? Humans can get their rickettis, rick, rickettsiosis. Is that like rickets? I'm, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a funky type of herpes for all I know, but I'm going to go yeah, it's rickets because it says it. Okay, now in these common... They don't mention the um, the uh, Texas Lone Star Tick. No, that is a brand spanking new one to add to your your list. The Lone Star Tick, also known as the Northeastern Water Tick or the Turkey Tick. Yes. A type of tick indigenous to much of the eastern United States and Mexico. Which is weird because Mexico's western United States. Yeah. yeah. Not eastern. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Um, bite is painless, commonly goes unnoticed, remaining attached to its host for as long as seven days until it's fully engorged with blood. Lives in wooded areas, particularly in second growth forests with thick underbrush where white-tailed deer, the primary host, reside. Deer, deer suck. Deer, <laughs> get rid of the deer in all the world and our tick problem solved apparently. <laughs> Except but for the ones that eat birds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, deer seem to be the common uh, Carriers, common thing yeah. here. Habitat, uh, like I say, um, aggressive hunters and feeders, woodlands and thick underbrush. Dispersal into Canada due to migratory birds and wildlife. We need to put a so we need to build, we a, wall. Need to build a wall, <laughs> build a big wall that birds can't fly over. A big floating wall. Yes, and dogs can get. Oh, and, more and new ri- words. And rilchiosis. And there's two different kinds of... Or, yeah, and rickettsiosis. Humans e- can get southern tick-associated rash illness. Uh, human monocytic erlichiosis. <laughs> <laughs> and tularemia, also a feline pathogen. This is... Okay, I'm not even going to read the one for cats. Like, that's yeah. about 95 letters long. There's 16 consonants in a row in cats. <laughs> so, this is the big one we were talking this, about. Yeah, this is the one that really... Alpha-gal kind of... allergy, which is... A red meat allergy. So, if this thing bites you, when you get this alpha-gal allergy... Yeah. You cannot eat Beef and digest is off the menu. Meat. Pork is off the menu. So it's all the large protein meats, right? The red meats. Yeah, what's with that? Uh, I can't imagine. It's like not being able to have a burger or a steak anymore. Yeah, so you're, you eat this, you get this disease from it. Yeah. And yeah, you can't eat a burger. You're allergic you can't, you're allergic to, to meat. meat. 
Lyme disease really just doesn't be? seem as bad at that point. <laughs> I can't eat bacon. <laughs> I mean, all these, all we joke. I mean, all these are pretty serious, serious diseases and that that you can catch. There is a star or a, a, a blotch on the back of this tick. You said. Yeah. So what they, what I've learned is that uh, its original, its its colloquial name is what they call it. Like you know, you like you 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 know the north. Eastern water tick, the turkey tick, whatever. They commonly call it the Lone Star tick because the dot on its back looks like the Lone Star state. It looks like Texas. So it's, uh, I, I'm sure that Texans are not happy about the fact that somebody is named a tick after their state, but... Uh, well, especially since they eat steak <laughs> down there. <Yes. laughs> Just, you know. But if you see a picture, you can see the there's this white smudge in the center of the tick's back. And, and supposedly somebody thinks that looks like the Lone Star state. But uh, it looks like uh, just a white blotch to me. Maybe it's Lone Star State upside down. Mm-hmm. Look at the length of the legs. I know, eh? That's just... Ugh, blah. It's like a spider. You know what? There's not much... It looks common to the American dog tick, doesn't it? The wood mm-hmm. tick. Yep. So it's just got the white spot on its back. Yeah. So yeah, um, migrating birds are bringing it into Canada now. And they're saying because it's getting warmer up here now... Yeah, climate, so they're blaming climate change, all that sort of stuff. What they say is in the past, what kept the populations down is the colder temperatures. So when you have like sub 30 degree winters and stuff, a lot of the larval stages of ticks would die off. Mm-hmm. So you'd have lower, lower populations. But now because of the milder winters, more of these uh, tick species are surviving to the next stage and propagating more in the spring and and throughout the season so you don't have the big kill-offs like in the cold weather so you're just having these massive uh, population growths because of the milder winters yeah so and now like I say because they're milder these guys are coming up here mm-hmm. and they're sticking around for a yeah bit. sticking around long enough to reproduce <sighs> Yeah, that's that's something. So anyway, keep keep your eyes open, especially with your animals when you guys are out there, you know, taking them, getting out yes. in the nice weather and You need whatnot. to get yourself educated. Get yourself a, uh, like a, a tick key or a tick tweezers or something to that enables you to remove them properly. Educate yourself. Look into ticks and, and uh, you know, symptoms to look for. And, you know, we're not going to cover all the stuff here. This is something that maybe everybody should be educating themselves on. It's, it's good to know how to recognize and treat and eradicate uh, any contact. You know, like with me, when I go out hiking with the kids, we we do a body check and make sure the kids to, don't have the ticks on them, right? Well, and, and we do that when we go camping with the dog. Even, yeah, you know? yeah, you watch, like you make sure the dogs just don't make sure it doesn't got it, and because you don't want to be sitting there at night and five ticks walk off the dog exactly and onto you. Yeah, exactly. You know, so now if you go to newtickintown.ca. Um, that's the site that we were, we were looking at this stuff here. Um, they've even got a report ticks spot. I guess the University of Guelph is doing some, um, experiment, not experimentation, uh, reporting, reporting in, in, in that, yeah. saying, seeing where, where they're coming from and where you found the animal, the, the tick on, if you found on a dog, a cat, a horse or other, or whatever, it's a how many you found. Study. Yeah. So yeah, go to newtickintown.ca. You'll also see what the pictures of these ticks look like and uh, what you can do to keep an eye out for them and get them off you if you do find them. Yeah. Alrighty, on to something else regarding spring because it is spring and everybody wants to be out there. Safety on the water. We talk about this every spring just yeah. as a reminder. It's and, an important reminder. You know, 
everybody's excited to get out on the water, right? I mean, I want to be out there already, but I'm not. Uh, I'm picking up a new kayak and I'd love to get out there, but I'm not. (laughs) Uh, Spring equals cold water, really cold water. Yes. Ice has just melted cold water. Uh, Think of a glass of ice cold water. With ice still in it. With ice still in it. (laughs) Picture that on a grander scale. Yes. Because you're floating in it. (laughs) It's still icy cold water. It doesn't take long for for hypothermia to set in and it's, it's just nasty. Yeah, I, I get it. You're excited to get out there. Like I say, I'm excited to get out there and as well. But hypothermia, that'll get you. If you happen to go out, number one, make sure you're with somebody. Yes. Don't go out by yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if something happens... Yeah, you need somebody there. You need that, somebody there to give you a hand. If you're kayaking, you need a rescue partner for, you know, if, if you're in the water, you need somebody to be able to pull you out or call 911 mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Like, it's it's very, very important to have a partner. And the second most important thing, or I, I would say it's the most important thing, is wear a PFD, wear a life yes. jacket. Yep. Some sort of flotation. And that's that's key. That's important. Because if, if you become disabled, you... Uh, do whatever you whack your head and you become unconscious or you get too cold to, to be able to swim properly, then the life jacket's going to save your life. And you need it on there. Uh, if you have one, because I know they're expensive, like mm-hmm. really, I've been looking at them. Dry suit. Yes. Wear a dry suit this if you got it. This time of year, absolutely. You definitely, if you got it. Anybody Especially doing... if you're in a kayak and you're going farther out in yes. the water, make sure you've got a dry suit on. If you're going to take advantage of the spring runoffs up north in some of these rivers, uh, the Ottawa River or up north. Fast River, moving. Any fast moving water like this, this big runoff, This that's the fun time of year. That's when the uh, when the high water flows occur and that's some of the best white water you can mm-hmm. see in the, uh, in the year. And so it's, you know, you got to have a dry suit. That's anybody who's going to do a trip is going to have a dry suit, whether yeah. it's a rental or purchase. But even if you're just staying local, close to home, Lake Ontario, if you're in a, Lake Summers in the northern states, it's it's cold. You got you should really have a dry suit. You should. So be smart about it. If you're going out on the water, PFD, go with someone. Have a dry suit on if you if you've got one. Absolutely. Take care and, and be very very diligent in what you're doing. You know, I mean, usually you go you have some fun, but just give it that extra thought of safety in the back of your mind. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll go over some events that are going on on across North America. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. And uh, we're going to talk about some events now that are happening right across North America in the month of April. Yes. And if you're overseas, sorry, we'll get you next time. Yeah. 
You got something coming up in October over there in Germany, that big paddle oh, expo. Yes. We yeah. should go. Yeah. I mean, they'll sponsor us to fly over. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so, <laughs> anybody going? Got an extra couple of seats <laughs> in a hotel room and spending money? Yes. <laughs> Convince my boss at work to S- give me the time off? Yeah. Some awesome. spare letter hosen? Yeah. Uh, April, events that are happening, April 6th to 8th. There's the Downriver Equipment Raftopia Spring Kickoff Sale and Used Boat Swap. Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Uh, Downriverequip.com. And as well on 6th through 8th of April is the Suwanee River Paddling Festival. Suwanee with Lacoochee Rivers at paddleflorida.org. The 7th to 8th of April is the Bull Run Slalom. Sandy, Oregon, nwwhitewater.org. And then we have on the 7th, is that correct? No, the 14th. No, no, yeah, you're right. The 14th is Float Your Fanny Down the Ganny. In Port Hope. Yes, and uh, I believe we're tied into that one. <laughs> Apparently we are, but it's still kind of... we were, In the uh, air? It's in the air with what we're going to float down the ganny on. Or where. <laughs> I don't have a dry suit. No, nobody does. <laughs> 20th to the 22nd, the Ottawa Outdoor Adventure Show at the EY Center in Ottawa. Then we have the uh, 21st through 22nd, the East Coast Canoe and Kayak Festival in Charleston, South Carolina. And it's a really long website, so just Google East Coast Canoe and Kayak Festival. <laughs> 21st <laughs> and 22nd as well as the Rich Weiss Slalom. Chilliwack River in Chilliwack, B.C. Again, nwwhitewater.org. Oh, yes. Same as Bull Run. Mm-hmm. Then we have the NOC Spring Fling, Bryson City, North Carolina. That's noc.com. And that's on the 28th of April. 20th of April. As well as the 28th of April is the South Platte River Cleanup, Downriver Equipment, the downriverequip.com. There's a couple of those things happening. Uh, yes, and them. it's it, that's a good thing if you're if you're interested in, in the outdoors, uh, why, uh, any paddle sport or any outdoor sport. It's these spring cleanups are a really good thing to get out and participate in and get a group of people together and and clean up your local waterways and and trails. Yeah, well, and we got uh, a couple of waterways here that I know when we go down in the spring, there's a lot of garbage left over that's blown through the winter yes. and gathered from the following year er, yes. earlier year that sort of thing so anyway that's our show for this week uh to find out more about us check out paddlingadventuresradio.com you can find our past episodes on itunes our website's episode page and google play uh player fm you can find more about us on facebook twitter and instagram Thanks for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>